2: For multiple bonus shows per week and access to our full podcast archive featuring in-depth interviews, movie commentaries and live shows, please check out the Steel Wars Patreon podcast feed. The content club level is just $3 a month and is chock full of Star Wars fun and really helps the ongoing production of the show. All the bonus shows download into your podcast app like any other show. Give a month a try at patreon.com forward slash steelwars. Link is in this episode's show notes. And if you do, hit us up for a question for the weekly Patreon Q&A. And now, on with the show. I really hope you enjoy it.
3: What's up, guys? Welcome to Strothers Wars. I am Eric Strothers and I do love Steel Wars. And in each episode, I find a Patreon supporter to talk about it with. In this episode, I talked to Chris Hall. He is a fantastic artist who has done some exceptional work for my podcast, The Bad Motivators. He helped us out with a couple of super dope shirts that everybody should have. Just saying. We had a ton of technical issues getting going, and we almost didn't get an episode recorded because we were talking away and I realized that I had something wrong on my end. But luckily, we pulled it out and made it happen. Let's just dive right in. So Chris, hey, I'm not going to pretend like we didn't just try to record for 10 minutes and then I realized that I wasn't recording you. So we're just going to go ahead and just jump right in like none of that ever happened. And I'm going to ask you... How did you first get in to Star Wars?
4: Okay, so you've not heard any of this before. Um, So I was born in 1980, and I've got two older Uh, brothers—one five years older, and another seven years older. Um, And Star Wars has just always been there. So they—they were like prime age. um, Like I say, born in 80, the year the Empire came out, and they had the toys of all the merchandise. Uh, remember them my bro- I remember my brothers actually having like an audio tape that was like a story and we used to listen to that all the time that had a book that you could listen along with. That was a new Hope. Um but yeah, Star Wars has just always been there from the toys have just always been in my life.
3: Now, did you get to see any of the movies in the cinema when they were out originally?
4: Not on the original run, but in ninety seven that was that was a big thing for me because I was seventeen and I've, I've loved Star Wars as, much, as long as I can remember. So when the Special Editions came out in 97, seeing them on the big screen was just like, oh,
5: yeah. so
3: magical. <laughs> Man, that, wa- that was great. And it's funny because I remembered right away, oh, this is new, this is new, this is new, because I'd seen the VHS yeah. so many times. Now, you, I know that you already told me whenever I did a terrible job of capturing this conversation, but so you're you're a Return of the Jedi guy then.
4: Yes, that's right, yeah.
3: Yeah, so what is it about that movie that makes it your favourite?
4: Ah, oh, everything. It's, I love, I love the the opening, the first section in Jabba's Palace, all the weird creatures and aliens. I've got a full tattoo sleeve down my left arm that's mostly just, like, stuff from Jabba's Palace and Jedi. Um, yeah, I just love all that, like, weird, weird monsters and stuff. And it's just got, the final space battle, the ignite the green, above the Siloc Pit,
3: everything. So with your tats, have you designed all of them yourself?
4: Uh, no, because they're all they're like photorealism, so they're all portraits. So they're none of my designs. They're just um I got a really good tattoo artist in Wales called Chris Jones. And he's start he styles star mentally as he always does celebration every year. So I started off get just getting an act Bar. I just wanted Akbar because he was my he's my favorite background character, and I thought it'd be really before the internet started bashing him when it was cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started off with Akbar, and then I was like, "Oh, that looks cool. I need another one," and it just went went from there. So,
3: well, so just so that you guys know, Chris has done some really excellent work for the bad motivators, my podcast merch, including one super dope shirt that everybody's already got. And another one that's going to be on its way here very shortly. And, uh, yeah, he does, he does killer work. That's why I thought maybe he just inked his inked himself. (laughs) So (laughs) now, are are you going to be at celebration? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a super good time, man. So excited. I've, I've,
4: I've never been to America before, so I'm just super, super excited.
3: Wow. I'm glad that you get to come over here for that then. That's really awesome then. Yeah. And it's, it's just me and my buddy as well. So it's like, it sounds horrible to say, but six days without kids. Yes. Hey, that does, (laughs) man, I get it. I, I love my kids. I love them. But but on my way upstairs, my wife was like, you better hurry up. Don't leave me with them (laughs) that long. I said, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. But no, I totally understand. Um, So you'll probably get to hang out with steel. Then how did you first get into steel wars? So it's quite weird, actually. Um, I
4: was on Instagram one day um, before the force awakens came out and on Instagram, there used to be a feature where the people that you followed, you could see what they liked. And it was a post that Tony Medina Gonk droid had liked. And it was from the fan the fan day, the fan uh, when they got to see that, that seven minute clip in Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, when Steele interviewed Harrison, and I just I saw that like Tony comment. I think Jackie had posted it, uh, Steele's wife saying, "Oh, I'm so proud of you." And Gon could just put, like, oh, no effing way. So I was like, what's this? And I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, who's this dude interviewing Harrison Ford? And then I saw his T-shirt, and it was the Have You Seen Him? Animal Chin mashup with Luke. And I was like, what? Skateboarding? Star Wars? I, I'm in. What? Tell me more. And it just went from there, really. I went on a big internet tunnel, clicking on a All source to find out who this guy was, um, and then found out he got a podcast. And – checked it out so i've would I'd listened to uh, i'm a big kevin smith fan so i listened to it i've been listening to his podcast for a few years and i tried a few star wars ones but never really uh never really stuck with me they weren't uh not my kind of deal man i'm not i'm not interested in buying cupcakes off people um so <laughs> if you know what i'm saying
3: i do i do i <laughs> do um, so so
4: yeah, they were. It was either that, or it was like, well, it's not uh, A-T-A-T, It's uh, actually pronounced "ata." I'm just not about that. So right as soon as I heard Steel Wars, and I was like, it was a no-brainer, really, because it's just real, isn't
3: it? do you happen to remember the very first episode of Steel Wars that you ever heard?
4: Yeah, I think it was the from the fan that fan day in Australia. So I got to hear that reaction when he came out, and he just had this mind blown seeing the Falcon chase in Force Awakens, and I was like, "This, yes, I just totally connected straight away." It was that like enthusiasm. I was like, "I want some
3: more of this." Yeah, it is. It's super fun, and that's the thing for me. And I'm kind of the same way. For me, podcasting, it's it's about fun, and that's what I want to listen to. And I get, you know, there's an audience for everything. This is just this is what happens to work for me.
4: Yeah, definitely.
3: Well man, you've got some great episodes here and let's just let's just go ahead and jump into them. Cool. The first one that you mentioned is uh episode twenty seven with Travis Nash. And tell me about this. <laughs> this one's funny. Um so yeah, like I said, I just I
4: could I wanted more and more and then I think back then all the back episodes were on Bandcamp, So I signed up like straight away. And just started tra- trawling through it all, and uh, this one sticks out because I just lo- I loved them all from the word way- like that interview style and that like all the early ones where it's just before the Force Awakens it was all that excitement and getting everyone getting ready but this one in particular the reason it sticks in my mind is the story that Travis tells about his friend I was actually I can actually remember listening to it the first time I was mowing my lawn. With my headphones in, on the uh, in front of my house, and I at the time I was living on, do you know what a cul de sac is? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so I was living on like a cul de sac, um, and it was a Saturday afternoon, mowing the lawn, sun's out, and Trav started telling the story, and I just cracked up, and before I didn't even think I was just mowing my lawn, like laughing out loud, and I must have looked like a nutcase and my neighbors were out on their yard just like looking at me like what's this what's he what's this deal
1: (laughs) i met this guy in tafe he was basically like he was like the kramer like he dressed like kramer he was like the super cool dude like loved hip-hop first time i met him he was like "You smoke weed and i was like i i thought i did but the the equivalent of what he's talking about like i don't even remember what i did in that TAFE course right (laughs) And I just looked up to him. He was like two years older than me and I thought he was just the coolest dude. He used to be a graffiti artist and just so cool about everything he did.
2: There's nothing cooler than an ex-graffiti artist bonghead at TAFE.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like He's like... I don't want to... the most stereotypical thing you could ever think of. like wearing like those kind of like Kramer like jumpers, the, those ex-bomber jumpers and like old man pants. Like he was the equivalent of like late 90s shit, right? And he saw that movie... And all my friends said, oh, man, it's just childish bullshit. It's just, it's horrible. You'd be so disappointed. So I never saw it. I refused to see it. And I asked him about Which it. one? The first one, The Phantom Menace, yeah. right? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, that movie is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, there's fucking lasers. And I go, but isn't it for like kids? He goes, is a Senate for kids? <laughs> it's fucking RTD2. He just got really angry. He's like, you didn't know anything, trap." <laughs> He goes, I thought we were friends. And then he added also, he goes, also, I was pretty tripping balls on acid when I watched it. And I said, well, there you go. Like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe it was the acid that made that movie really good. And he goes, I've seen it six times. One of the greatest movies ever. It's, it's even better than Star Wars. And I was like, you know what? I think I put my, my eggs in the wrong basket here. <laughs> like, I don't know if we could be friends. And this is before I even saw The Phantom Menace. <laughs> This is out of control.
2: Are you still in contact with this no, guy?
1: No, not because of that.
2: I'd love to get him on. Uh, we're we're doing live podcasts in Adelaide. He sounds like he'd be a great guest.
1: Oh man, he's 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 pretty wild. And I think I did see him. I think he think I came to a, a couple of gigs. I did, but yeah, he's such a character. He's like he's got weird words for things. He he was like the fonts. He was just it's, like he would come into TAFE and like call the lecturer like Mister H as like hey, Mister H, what's going on. <laughs> He's like, yo, let's get this thing going. Like, coming in, like, <laughs> <laughs> he used to wear these, like, glasses of the tinted, like, orange. Like,
2: oh, God. <laughs> so, his favorite character in Star Wars would be Jar Jar B.
1: Yeah, he, he was a dude. Like, he was a, I remember going to a party, and I, like, I had to get a mate to drive me. And I rang up the guy, and I go, look, man, I'm coming to this party. Is it all right if my mate comes? And he goes, yeah, man. Is he a lad? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, is he a lad? And I go, I, I, I think he, he's the male persuasion. I don't know if there's that, that a, a lad? And he goes, if you say he's a lad, Trab, then he can come along. But if he's not a lad, you can tell that motherfucker to take a boat. And I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore.
3: <laughs> you know, that's what was weird at that time, man. So, like, I remember seeing The Phantom Menace. And, like, straight away, I, I didn't get to go see it right off the bat. And this is one of those things where enough people, you you know, had seen it and kind of told me what they thought about it before I could go see it. Yeah, And because I worked a job where, you know, I worked all the time and go figure sort of my lot in life, I guess. But, (laughs) but, uh, it was one of those deals where I just couldn't get away until I could get away. That's just how, you know, how it goes. And, and so I went in like determined to like it and I did like it but I remember thinking yeah, you know <laughs> I'm not 100% for sure that I'm in love with this and so yeah but yeah I had friends who were telling me I was wrong for not being 100% sold on it but I mean it was still a great time oh my gosh it's still a great movie I especially like it now seeing it through the eyes of my kids
4: yeah, oh, yeah, that's so good when you watch it with your kids. Oh, I loved it when it came out. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I was nineteen when it came out. I just, I thought it was brilliant. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, in fact, it came out in the UK. I think it was released in May of, of at the, in the US, and we didn't get it until July. So by the time that like, dodgy tapes were like floating around the UK with it on, right, a, like a month after it had come out in the US. And I, I to remember, I, I heard word that I could get a copy. And I was like, I've got to see it. There's people in the world that have seen it. And I need to see it. I don't care if it's just like, I need to see it. So I, I, made, this, I made this bus journey that was two hours long. Because I'd heard word this guy had a copy. And I remember, I remember getting on this bus, traveling for two hours, buying this copy. And it cost me £20 as well. For this, v- this dodgy VHS, which was like when I was ni- no, when I was 19, like 20 pounds was a lot of money. Um and I was traveling all the way back. And it had been in, I remember it had been on the news as well. It'd been on the news in the UK that these copies were floating around and it was highly illegal, and Lucasfilm were set to lose loads of money and you know all that business. Right. Um, like the news reports it. So I was I remember, distinctively remember sitting on this bus with this VHS inside my inside my hair, jacket and I was holding it like dead tight and just like dead paranoid like, <laughs> everybody on this us. bus knows they yeah, all know like, like someone was knowing <laughs> and I remember because I'd, I'd been left school a few years then and someone that I went to school with got on the bus and saw me and they'd like left school and they'd gone like they'd got a shirt and tie on and a suit and they'd obviously got this like cool like nice office job and were making a living set, like setting off in life and they came and sat next to me and started chatting to me and were, like, obviously doing well for themselves. <laughs> and I just looked at them, like, i looked, like, I had this out-of-body experience, like, <laughs> oh, man, what am I doing?
5: Oh, my God.
4: <laughs> I'm, like, sat here with my Metallica T-shirt on and my long hair, just, like, clinging this VHS, like, I need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> what, this, what must this guy think of me?
3: Oh, my gosh, man, that's awesome. So how was – what was the quality of the video after – at the end of it was it are you still glad you saw it that way
4: yeah yeah because yeah. it was it was just the experience wasn't it it's was, it was amazing um, the quality was like terrible it was weird because the like the first like from the beginning up until they arrived on Tatooine and Qui-Gon and Padme go off into Tatooine that was filmed on a video camera in the cinema and then at that exact point when they started walking off the tape like made this like weird like Uh uh-huh and it it changed to like a laser disc with like japanese subtitles on it and then it was all right for the rest (laughs)
5: of the film oh
3: well you know that's kind of what our recording sounded like at first when we first tried to get going on this yeah (laughs) totally totally relatable um, what, so you mentioned you mentioned long hair so I know that you're a musician much like myself and we talked about this before we actually started the show uh, about your next episode pick which is number 67 with Ben Gillies that like that's one of my favorites too because I really dig Silverchair but also just knowing that another musician thinks the same way I do
4: so uh, when I was 16 17 Silverchair were like the best band in the world um and i think there was like there was me and my my friends at the time at school just worshipped them because they were like they were the same age as us like daniel johns and ben gillies born the same year as me so when we were at school it was like these guys we've got this magazine in england called Kerrang magazine which is like a metal magazine oh man i remember because i used to buy it it comes out weekly so like when they were on the cover we were like we're at school, they're the same age of us, they're in a band, this sucks. Like it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like, we we just thought they were awesome. Um, and then when they came to England, we, we we all went to see them, and it was like, oh, yes, the one. Uh, but yeah, likewise, finding out that they were into it, I remember reading an interview and finding out they were into Star Wars, and I was like, oh, I love you even more.
6: I, I do have a good story, though. We were... Um... Uh, Touring with Silverchair And it was just before uh, It sounds like you're not in the band (laughs) Silverchair was touring I just happened to be there I was tagging along (laughs) I'm a huge fan I'm a big fan They asked me to play That drummer's useful looks (laughs) Um uh, and we were in New York and it was just before the uh, the first three, like the, the prequels were, I can't remember the names as well as you can, I'm sure. The Phantom Menace was the first one. Yes, yes. Yep. So they were just about to start um, being rolled out. So they were re-showing the... Um, the oh, the special editions, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, back in the cinemas. So I did eventually get to see them in the cinema. Nice. Which I was very, very happy about. And I was very happy that I was in uh, in the states i don't know it just felt it just felt right at the time um but the the, the oddest thing was at the end of each because we we managed to watch each one when we were there is that at the end of the film the whole like i've never experienced because we don't do it in australia the entire audience stood up and would cheer and start clapping and um that was quite a surreal experience in a cinema. But it was great. I loved it because I was told totally Star Wars, it's like I'm into it. I was up out of my seat going like, "Yes!" yes! 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 <laughs> well, I went to see the, 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 the f-
2: Attack of the Clones, the second prequel. I went to see it with our mutual friend Paul, who oh, did yes. the yes. I was just playing you MC, th- yes. playing you the uh the amazing theme music he just did for us. And He, after the film, because, you know, like that's when Yoda comes out and has that crazy fight and all that. Yep. Afterwards, he goes, oh, do you like the last half of the movie? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. And he goes, yeah, because you were standing for most of it.
6: (laughs) (laughs) On your seat. No, I was just like, I was like sort of sitting, but
2: out of Uh, my seat. Like it was just, it was phenomenal. But I think... And this is the the crazy thing and why you know if if you listen to this, you've already got tickets to the film, but you have to go see it like as close to the premiere as possible. Yes. because the people like like at our one, we're, we're you know we're doing a conjunction with the fan club, and so we tons of people in costume and that, but people will go mental. like there's nothing like at a premiere for Star Wars. People cheering corporate logos.
6: Yeah. You
2: see, like, we won't have 20th Century Fox this time, but, you know, the Lucasfilm logo comes up and people are just like, yes, corporate logo. (laughs) Yes.
6: It is. As soon as you see that, like, it's, you know, what? it's it's like this... uh, I don't know, I guess um, movies is like a, it's an escapism. It's like music, you know? And I think as soon as you see that Lucas thing come up, like it's like something magical. It's like, oh my God, I've entered this other world that I didn't know existed and I'm just about to lose my shit. And I don't know, we, we just love it. We eat it up. I fucking eat it up. I love it.
4: It's that excitement, isn't it, when you're in a cinema and there's nothing like it, is it? that first, the first time you're seeing one of the movies it's just
3: it's just magical so far all of the new ones I've been I've gone on opening night with the same guy my same buddy Luke Metz and uh it's I was actually kind of just thinking about that last week about how what it's going to be like to go see nine and what it felt like whenever I was I just remember especially seeing episode seven the lights drop and the anticipation everybody's in there quiet as can be (sighs) because they were dying to see this movie
4: just insane
3: so I'll, I'll never forget
4: that as long as i live like going to C seven at midnight it was unbelievable it's like a rock concert where we were
3: oh like, see that's when i went to see eight it was more like that where people were getting rowdy and and that was really fun
4: people losing their minds it was just insane every time i think about it like that the hairs on my arms just stand up because i've never i've never experienced anything like that that when the lucasfilm logo came up and everyone was just like yeah (laughs) 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 so good. oh man because we're not we're not like that in the uk at all never like i've never been to a film ever throughout my whole life where people have like if you make noise in the cinema people get really angry and i'm I'm one of them as well. I think, <laughs> I get really annoyed when people talk through films, yeah so, i'm the
3: I'm the same way I totally am as a matter of fact, I remember i th- I want to say it was uh maybe it was when we went to see Rogue One, and it was uh, the opening night, and I went to see it. I think I had the same seats in the th- no, they may not have had reserved seats, but I went to see it like several times in a row the night it came out. And I was yeah. in one of the viewings, and the lights drop down, and the Lucasfilm logo comes up. And this one guy in there is going, woo, woo, <laughs> but he won't stop. And he's the only one, and it is not that type of crowd. And so finally, I said out loud, I said, that'll do. And he, <laughs> he quit talking. And so then, fast forward a week later, a guy that I know asked me, he goes, were you – at Rogue One at Such and Such, I said, Yeah. He goes, Was that you that said that'll do? <laughs> and I'm like, that's how you knew I was there. <laughs> he recognized my oh. voice telling this guy to shit it. That's brilliant. <laughs> so let me ask you this before we jump jump away. What's your favorite silver chair song?
4: Oh man. Um
3: it's probably emotion sickness. Ooh, good pick, man. Yeah, neon the, ballroom. that's a that's a hard hard question because they you know they're one of yeah. those bands where they've they've got so many good ones and and what's what i also think is cool is that for being a like they have a definable sound but their music doesn't all sound the same yeah you yeah. know that's like a a hard thing to come by it seems like they matured as well with like each album yeah and when they
4: got to that third album neon ballroom the it was like a a light speed jump like daniel daniel started singing falsetto and i remember at the time like i think i was nine. Oh, I that, that's right, 19 that came out the same year as phantom menace um oh man
3: it just makes, me feel,
4: makes me feel so old <laughs> oh come <laughs> was, on
3: man I've, i i feel 20, old 20 years a, ago i feel old on a daily basis man it's hard to believe it's yeah. been that long though well okay all right well now i'm just going to start crying because of how old i feel so let's just keep going uh okay okay So this next one that you got is, this one really was a favorite of mine. And and I remember it super well, but it's episode 100, which Steele did. He was on the podcast stage of Celebration Europe with Details was his guest. And um, man, this one's gold for me. So tell me about this one for you. So uh, I was there for this.
5: Oh, uh,
4: rad. So that's why this one just sticks out for me because going in Celebration, like we when celebration was announced for London, it was just like, oh wow. Cause we never get anything cool like that over here. So it was just insane. And then when Steel got announced, I was like,
5: Yes!
4: This is gonna be epic. But going in, I have to say I have to say, I got no idea who Dee was. Um, certainly know who he is now. But he was just like from the word go, he was just so magic. He's he's just one of us, isn't he, Dee? He's 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 like us. Yeah, to live it out he's just a true true fan
7: he then said to me well look d i'll see if i can get you in to be a background creature or something like that and i'm just like not holding my breath because it's star wars right and i'm like okay cool and then um eventually a phone call came through and said, um, would you mind coming down to the Pinewood for a fitting?
2: And, and how, but how long did that call take from when you said... Because for me, to, to speak to someone and go, I might be able to get you on Star Wars, I'll give
7: you a call, I'd be keeping
2: my phone pretty charged.
7: I'd missed the casting for 24 when they were filming. Avengers Age of Ultron was filming out in Europe, so I was like, that ain't happening. Star Wars, you must be joking, that ain't even going to... I was just like, that was a kind gesture, but I'm not believing a word of it, Okay. you know? And then it must have been about a month or a month and a half later that I had a phone call and said, come down to Pinewood for a fitting. And I thought, must be a casting, not a fitting. Went down there, (laughs) just amazing. As soon as I walked into the creature, creature shop, R2 is right there in front of me. Where you're sat right now, R2 was, right?
2: And then you recreated your favourite scene and just started kicking him.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't move. I, I was frozen to the spot. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to walk past R2, wasn't sure if I was allowed to touch R2.
2: Don't make eye contact.
7: Yeah, yeah. That, it was one of those. <laughs> and, and then um, one of the um, makeup guys on the side, Justin, was looking at me, staring, laughing, and he goes, yeah, I'm like that every day. You can't even imagine, can you, like, getting that
3: just walking in. I, I, it would blow my mind when, so I'm a member of the 501st and we've got a couple of guys who do troops with us who are droid builders. And I remember one of them was um, at celebration Orlando and he had, um, had his R2D2 there. That's so spot on, but to like, to be on a star Wars set and see like the R2D2. I mean, I know there's more than one, but you know what I'm saying? To be in yeah. that setting, I think it would just, I think my head would explode. Unbelievable. But you can tell,
7: like,
4: you can tell from the way D is. Every time he's on the podcast, it's brilliant. It's just, every time he's been on, they're like must-listen episodes because, well, they're all must-listen episodes, aren't they? But D's just, there's something about him. It's just infectious, like that enthusiasm that he's got for it.
3: Well, that's one of the things I like about it is he's a big fan himself. And yeah. he he doesn't take what he's doing for granted. I guess it's still like magical to him to not only to yeah. have the experience, but then to like relive the experience. Yeah. Did you see Did you see that video of him last year when he got that the figure of yes. this character
4: from? So oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. I was like, I don't. I- I don't even know him, but I was just proper stoked
3: for him. I was like, yes, yes, D. Yeah, he is. He's one of those guys that you feel you're just so happy for him. Yeah. You know, and and honestly, like, that's. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals
3: like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. That's how I felt for, St- for Steele, getting to do some of the stuff he's been able to do. And like being friends with him. Now it seems weird but totally normal at the same time. Yeah. You know? So like in this next one that you talk about in episode one eighty seven with Ray Park, when Steele got to interview him, I mean, I know that had to be a big deal.
4: Yeah. Like you were just saying, when when Steele gets these guests that have like been in the film, like when when he announced Ben Mendelssohn, I mean that was just epic when he posted that photo. And um, this one with Ray, I just get so excited for him because it's just so well-deserved.
2: What about at the premiere? Like, we we, we saw you there, and because you've been so involved in Star Wars, we didn't bat an eyelid. It's like, oh, Ray Park's here, that's cool. What was it like watching a new Star Wars film for two hours and then having this thing of, like, I am going to be the big surprise at the end? Because you even concentrated
8: on the film. I was so scared. Because my kids didn't know. My my daughter kind of figured out, Daddy's going back to London a lot. He's bald. and I had to keep myself sort of secret. I was always wearing beanies on, on my Instagram post, and I wanted to keep it a secret because I wanted the fans to, you know, be surprised. I wanted that, you know, it's, it's, I swore to secrecy, so I want mm-hmm. to keep that secret. And then I remember sitting there, and I'm like, I know it's coming up, and Ewan sitting next to me, Ewan McGregor. And I'm like, I just want to go up and go to the toilet because I'm really scared right now. I'm really scared. Scared in a good way, mm-hmm. because everyone's going. You know, he's, you know, he's there, and he just went, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I just want to watch it. I want to see myself. I want to see myself. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's just congratulating me. And I look over to my son. He goes, oh, daddy, you're in this movie. Oh. So my son never knew.
2: That's amazing. So I,
8: so I missed some of the first showing of it because of Ewan, but it was so nice to sit next to Ewan and to experience that and see him at the time.
4: I think Ray's a bit like is is one of us. He's his fan. He's a fan. And it's when he talks about like seeing himself back on screen because you can tell how much it meant to him for Lucasfilm to contact him and ask him to, to be in it again. Um I just love the fact that he's trying to watch himself on screen, and this is this big moment for him in his life. (laughs) Ewan McGregor's at the side of him, just like, "Yeah, buddy."
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is super cool, man. I mean, what is not to love about that? I don't know. There's something special and nice
4: about them two being meeting back up like 20 years later. Darth Maul and Obi Wan Kenobi sitting next, and and the fact that Ewan's like proper stoke
3: for him i love that yeah yeah man that's you know and then of course everybody knows by now but like with steel during the that part of that interview he got to do a lot a lightsaber (laughs) lesson with ray it's joyful uh, to watch yeah and you know he you just got to listen to him talk about it later because it's it's pretty gold man but he has he has a wardrobe malfunction that
1: (laughs) So good.
3: So so the next one you mentioned, man, this is one of those that like I can remember exactly where I was when I was listening to this. It's episode 160 with the suck lord. And I remember like whenever I read the description of the episode when it first popped up in my feed, and I'm like, ah, eh, this would probably be kind of neat. And it is like a favorite of several people. And I just remember being glued to it. I was in the car driving to a band rehearsal. And I remembered like I actually ended up turning into the street before where we have rehearsal and parked over on the side of the street for a second to get through this one section that he was talking about before I had to had to go inside just to make sure I could hear it. But man, oh man, I love this one. And you know, it's funny, everybody that I've talked to about this particular episode, they all have something different that that it speaks to them about, so what does this one mean to you? Oh, this likewise, Eric. This
4: one's so good. I I remember listening. I was I was doing the pots, like washing the pots at the time, and yeah, when the when the episode description came up, I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah it sounds all right. It sounds quite interesting because obviously it's got like a creative element to it. So I always I get excited about those ones. But I've, I've never heard a Sup Lord, so I like I put it on, and I was like, just transfixed. I was like, this guy's this guy's something else.
0: The thing I learned more about what I do now was from the toy doctors at Hasbro. They have this uh, model shop. There's a place, and these guys get treated like shit too. It's funny. It's like these are all the hands-on guys that actually make models and make the molds and sort of create the prototypes and stuff like that. And usually, when they would do toy fair, they would bring a few of them out because the they would be not not everything on display would be um, product. It would be prototypes and they would have to you know they would break or they would need to be fixed and our jobs overlapped a little bit because it's like, I was the guy that was actually putting the model in the display, but they were the guy that was actually making the model. And so I had to go and visit them a lot and be like, this is broken, this is, this is... And they would let me do shit and they would let me sit at the workbench and put the styrene rods that they would use to connect the figures and just like, and I saw how they use all their tools and shit like that. And it's like, that's where I really learned like my model making, kit bashing skills. And... Um, so they would let me take shit, you know, they would. They were blue collar guys, you know, they hated the executives too, you know, so they would let me take shit. So I would come out of there with boxes of shit, you know, ad ads. One of the free ad ads I got from Toy Fair 1998 had my friend covered with arabesque graffiti and it sold at Christie's auction house for like $5,000. So, you know, it's just the funny, the provenance of some of these things, you know, where they actually came from. Um, so yeah, so I, I got the Dooku and the Django and I made a mold and I was like, while I was on the clock for Hasbro, I was cranking out these figures. I want, I like, I wanted the criminal aspect of this to be maximized. It's like, I want to steal every single thing I'm doing here. I want this to be the most dishonest, reprehensible toy ever created. You know, so I made these figures and I'm like, what is this called now? You know, and I already come up with the name "Psychedelic" for my records because I wanted people to know that this is a handmade product a bootleg if you will and the quality is going to be a bit questionable and it's going to suck a little bit so but it's transformational sucking you know it's elevated sucking so i come up with the term psychedelic and then here i was looking at this character and it was the first figure i ever made and it's like this is a uh, the, the 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 guy behind psychedelic this is the ruler of psychedelic and he's he's mad and he has this overblown sense of megalomania and misanthropy. He's like a megalomaniac and a misanthrope. So he's the suck lord. You know, he's like, he's the, he has this incredibly huge ego and he also hates himself. You know, and it was like, it just all sort of came together in this singular figure. And and that's where so it, like that's the, the thing started. So
2: like the king of failure?
0: Yeah. Or, you know, or like... Um, the The... He's either, he either he he either succeeds or like at the, winning or, or like the best of the unsuccessful, the best of the worst, yeah. or the worst of the best. Mm-hmm. One one of those things, and uh, it's the best and the worst at the same time. He wins by failing. He wins by losing, and it was just it, it was all it was all sort of encapsulated there, and and that became the toy. and And I at first, you know, I started selling these things for twenty bucks. And it was a tough sell. Uh now they go for like seven hundred to eleven hundred dollars. You know, if you can find one of these things, believe it or not. Of oh, the OJs. Yeah, the very yeah. first one. But then uh, I sold enough of them to keep going. And then I got I did the Gay Empire figure, and that's when it really started clicking because uh Dove from DKE Toys was so a famous toy distributor at the time. He was us he was he was like the biggest uh secondhand dealer of uh secondary market dealer of of vintage star wars toys he was acquiring star wars collections and flipping them and he was into the esoterica and the strange and he saw the gay empire figure because frank kozik wrote something about it on the kid robot message board and he hit me up and he wanted to start an account he wanted to distribute this thing for me so i started selling it to him and i immediately started making money off of this shit and I was like, f- and I never made money before in my life at anything, especially nothing creative. And now suddenly... What about I'm- your hip hop thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was making money off of that. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. But I mean, it was the first, it was the first toy I ever made. I yeah. guess. And it was like selling. And that's, that's sort of where it, it happened. And that was like 13 years ago. And I'm still making these things now.
4: It goes, He talks about getting rejected by Lucasfilm and how it made him feel and, just carving his own path after he got rejected and turning a negative situation into a positive one. I just really connected with that. And it's really just listening to him and the way he talks. It's just so interesting.
3: Yeah. Because it's that sort of, I don't know, I guess that's that sort of mindset and overcoming that's super important for people to not only hear, but learn how to do themselves, you know? Yeah, totally, and that's, that's just
4: one of the cool things about Steel Wars. I mean, I initially started listening because it's Star Wars, but I, I've learned so. It sounds crazy, but I've learned so much about life just listening to it to other people and their experiences.
3: Isn't that weird? So, like, yeah, I've I feel weird trying to explain that to people that don't understand it. But yeah, it it is really something, man. He's had some guests on there that like they're perspectives on things and their life experiences have just blown my mind yeah totally like the episode with um
4: the rose cosplayer uh laura syracuse
5: yeah man
4: i'm a, i'm a, I, that honestly opened my mind up so much i'm a white dude from from england and live in a little village i've never experienced anything like that and just to hear her talk amazing absolutely amazing
3: yeah, I and you know that I it's like I feel like I should have realized that there were people that were doing, you know, like kit bashing, making custom figures and stuff. But I guess it, yeah. I never it never occurred to me that it was like that big of a deal.
4: Yeah. Well, I t- I follow Lord now on the uh, social media and I was like watching his Instagram stories. I think just last weekend. And he was <laughs> him and his him and his friends were just on this like they were going traveling all over just buying up all these random, random toys, like the weirdest toys I'd ever seen before. And he was just like, I, th- I presume he just takes them all apart and makes crazy stuff from them.
3: You know, I think that if I ended up taking on another hobby, you know, because I build lightsabers, I play in a band, <laughs> I got tons of Star Wars toys. I'm pretty sure that would be it for my wife. She would just be like, yep, I'm checking out. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, I, I love you, but this just isn't going to work out. <laughs> That's enough, Eric. It's enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay so this next one episode 93 and this is with steel's brother craig who if if you haven't heard this episode what are you waiting on i guess is what i would say but uh there's there's so much so much good stuff in there but but tell me tell me what about this one does it for you
4: uh is this i've i've listened this episode five times it's easily my favorite episode. And this the story that his brother, his brother used to be, I'm laughing already. I can't even talk. It's when he talks about his, his breakdancing troupe that he used to be in called <laughs> Electric Shrapnel. And Steele's reaction oh, it's just gold.
2: What were the cool things then that you were into, other apart from kids? BMX, breakdancing. Yes. Hey you, the rock steady crew, show us what to do, make a break, make a move. Yeah, electric shrapnel, actually, we <laughs> were. What? Electric shrapnel? It was
9: a rock steady crew. Um, no, but our, my, ah oh. my crew, which was me and Cole scary was, was, uh, <laughs> electric shrapnel. <laughs>
2: That sounds what the Emperor's got in his fingers, that he gives Luke Skywalker electric shrapnel. <laughs> it used to scout around Rosebud. Star and-
1: Wars reference.
2: <laughs> electric shrapnel. What was your breakdance name?
9: Oh, we just didn't have we didn't have separate names. We, we we were just Electric Shrapnel as a as a group. We only performed together. And what were you saying? You're doing around Rosebud? Oh, we used to uh, scout around Rosebud, looking for cardboard at the you know, at the you know uh, appliance stores or, or whatever out the back, trying to steal their cardboard out of their you know bins and stuff, and go and stick it
2: all together and and make the big breakdance part. Did you ever breakdance in the streets? Like, did you ever do it out in, like, you know how, like, you see it in the movies, like, they're, like, breakdancing. Like, did you ever, like, go down to the main street of Rosebud and...
9: Yeah, we, yeah we'd yeah throw down. Just <laughs> on any street corner, electric shrapnel.
5: <laughs>
9: we ruled that joint was an iron
2: fist. I remember we went up to our cousin's house for, like, just a visit, and they lived in Glen Waverley or something, and there was going to be a, like, there was a local breakdance crew, and there was talk that they were going to challenge to a break-off. Yeah,
9: that's the way it was back in those days. <laughs> we put away the violence when we were 10 years old and just d- danced instead of fought, you know, like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I remember the, what was it, Beach Street. Beat Street was a lesson, too, because you can't let the street beat you.
9: Yeah, we actually, at the start of that movie, it was on a Tuesday night or something, in the bud, Electric Shrapnel took the stage just before the screen came up. What? And gave are, a you little, seri- are you serious? A little uh, impromptu, you know, busted a few moves out for, the, se- for you- about the seven people that were in the audience watching the movie. Are you telling the truth? No, it's true. True story. Did the cinema, were they aware of this? I think they told us to
3: get back in their seats. (laughs) But but I'm sure they appreciated it. Now, were you into breakdancing?
9: No,
4: not at all. Not at all. It's just so funny. It's just the way he tells it. His brother's just hilarious. Just, just, and I think it's because, because I've got older brothers as well. Like there's a bit, (laughs) <laughs> where his brother starts doing the uh, impression of um, Dr.
9: Everson. And we liked Greedo for some reason too. Maybe you had the figurine or something and you used to figure into like your little, you know, scenarios that you used to have, you know, your little battles on the coffee table or <laughs> whatever. But I remember Greedo was always right in the mix of it. He was in E.T. as well, so that was good.
2: And Snaggletooth. Snaggletooth was in E.T. What's your, like, your favourite scene that you remember happening in Star Wars? My friend, he doesn't like you. Oh, yes. You used to do that to me all the time and it would freak me out. I was like, no, 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 like me. That's a pretty good scene. Uh, That is the best. Does that remind you of sneaking into bars when you're underage? (laughs) Oh, my friend, he doesn't like you. That is so good.
3: I don't like you either.
2: I'll be careful. You'll be dead. (laughs)
4: Oh, and it just kills me because it just reminds me of being a kid and me and my brother's like saying stupid things to each other from all the films and I just, I don't know, there's just something about it that <laughs> gives me the fuzzies inside.
3: <laughs> now, it's, you, it's funny. Do you think you would have been able to, or you or your brothers with them being older, would have ever gotten up in front of the screen at a movie theater before the movie started to try to do something like that? No way. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Now, do you remember, I know this is a dumb question, but do you remember, did you ever see the movie Beat Street?
7: No. Oh,
3: it's, no. it's not good. It's, <laughs> it's not good. I mean, it's, I don't know. It was, there was that in like breaking this movie, breaking that came out and it was how, you know, basically like any of these dance movies where they're trying to rope it in to somehow tell a story, but what they're really wanting to do is show people who can dance, but uh, not a i don't have a strong recommendation for it so but, but, <laughs> but anyway that's a, that's a bit of a sideline i know okay all right so last last pick here is episode 92 uh, with dominic jones from the star wars underworld and uh dom is a super super cool dude and well if you're going to celebration you'll practically for sure get a chance to meet him uh his podcast the star wars underworld they're really popular they've got a they'll have a booth on the uh the expo floor so yeah you'll be able to stop in and and see them but um so tell me about this one
4: this this one's great i love dom i love the star wars underworld um but that's the great thing about Steve like getting in steel Wars. i've just found so much more in this community like the community that i found from this one podcast it's just incredible. Like your, like the Bad Motivators and Blue Harvest, Rogue One, now this is podcasting, all of it. Just brilliant. Um, but yeah, well, there's it, it, just a bit, listening back to all these episodes, because I remember liking this episode um, when it first aired, and there's a bit where Dom and Steel are arguing about um, the guy, because Dom loves that guy in Attack of the Clones. Oh, what's his name? The guy with the forearms. arms. Obi-Wan. Oh, oh, um, um, Dex. Dex. From Dex,
3: Dex Dex's
0: Dexter. diner.
4: Yeah, Dex. Dom loves him. And at the time, Steele's just like, no, no. I mean, none of it. And I remember thinking that was really funny. And I thought that was going to be my clip. And that's why I re-list to the episode. But there's just something that Dom says that just... Especially at the back end of last year, just resonated, and he talks about Star Wars. It's supposed to be fun.
2: I used to play the, you know, like Australian rules football. I'm sure you oh, yeah. would have seen that when I was when I was about the same age, like nine. You know, from from about six to about I think about thirteen. I played it, maybe eleven. At a certain bit, it started getting quite serious. Like they were like. You know, we we need to do, you have to do 10 laps around the oval. And I was just like getting into skateboarding at the time. And I was just like, this is whack. And I remember some, I think the coach gave a speech to the team after I didn't play anymore. You know, like, <laughs> like, the, like, like a grown man is dissing this 11 year old to a bunch of other 11 oh. year olds. Oh. And then I saw him, I saw some of the team guys down the street and I was skateboarding and they were dissing me. They were like, you got no dedication to the team. All you care about is fun.
1: And I was like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm a legend. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. That's, that's, yeah, I think that this is true of just about every, of every, every, every sport and, a lot of other things in life as well as people lose sight of the fact that it's supposed to be fun. Uh, You're supposed to just be able to have fun, That that's the point of hockey or Australian rules football or Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Bring it right back around. Yeah. It has to be fun. And if you're not having fun, what's the point? I uh, don't, I don't understand that.
4: This obviously episode with Dom was a few years ago pre The Last Jedi but just after the last year that we've just been through and all the crap that's come along with it and Star Wars is supposed to be fun end of what what is the point in all this rubbish Eric I don't
3: man that that is true (laughs) and you know what I, I I don't know what's What's worse, but the fact that having somebody say something like that seems so profound is a shame because that should just be a given in my book. I know it's fake and it's in space, (laughs) yeah. I, I just don't get it, but you know, and that's one thing, man, I'll say with Dom and the whole Star Wars Underworld crew is that, man, they always they always keep a real positive take on things. And yeah. that is, it's very much appreciated in, in this day and age, I guess I would say, but I'm yeah. this is a really good episode too, man. Cause Dominic, he's typically on the opposite side of the interview. Yeah. And uh, so, so to hear his take on it and, and what, what's interesting about Dom for anybody who does listen to the star Wars underworld, but isn't super familiar with him outside of there is while on the SWU he's he's uh Mr. family friendly but man oh man you get him outside of there <laughs> and that dude it, I I've teased him bef- before about how a bunch of sailors and truck drivers called up complaining about the language <laughs> coming from him you know but
4: yeah but... I've I've heard the megapods <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, hopefully you'll be able to be there for the recording of one. We haven't really, haven't heard any plans being ironed out, but man, there are so many, so many podcasts that are, they're going to be there. And, uh, you know, some of the ones like for fans of this show, the, the guys from star Wars spelt out going to be there, you know, another Australian yep. podcast representing. And, um, I know Charlie Ashby from the Imperial Senate podcast. He'll be there. And I know Claire will be. So yeah. man, international you know but anyway so, so okay You one of these that you mentioned was you mentioned it as easily being your favorite episode and that was um the one with his brother now do you have what you would consider to be a close tie that maybe or like an honorable mention that you didn't happen to get to here yeah it's gotta be the Carrie tribute I think oh my god <laughs> yeah it's just
4: uh, t- What? What can you say? I mean, it's just so cathartic listening to that when it when it first aired, and I don't know. I still did that. I I honestly honestly don't know. I still did that, but so grateful that it did because it was just so. Like I say, it was quite cathartic, and it just helped with that whole that whole situation. Really,
3: yeah. That one, man. That one was hard because, you know, I listened to it, but that was the first uh, call-in show that Steele had asked me if I could edit and get right. it to where he could flip it over. And so, like, having to comb through it like that, oh, oh my gosh. I mean, I was glad I got to because that, would you know, it got it straight up on his feed right away instead of having yeah. to sit on it. But, man, oh, man, because it's all so fresh, you know? Yeah, it, I
4: think there's a bit as well where Emily Lind rings up. She calls in and, oh, it's, it's the way that, because obviously Emily and Steele have got this special bond, and which is quite infectious. I love listening to them two talk because they've made this special friendship through the podcast. Um, but when she rings in and they're obviously they've not spoke about the situation before, they talk to each other. In that moment, and it's not, oh, it's just heartbreaking.
3: Yeah, that is that is really something, man. That's that's definitely definitely a good one to listen to, you know, because it's 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 just perfect. It's yeah, it's not it's 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 sorrowful but happy all at the same time. So yeah, totally.
4: There's there's so many though, isn't there? There's like, I mean coming up to 200 episodes now just on the on the interview ones recently as well that hammy one i thought that was awesome oh my gosh yeah such a good episode like i say again after the after that crap year that we've just had in the fandom like to get someone like that on and give that perspective and again it's just that enthusiasm just pours through oh it was brilliant i love that one and the, the Mendo one, obviously. Um, the episode of Sal Perales and his family, awesome. Every time the Brez was on as well, because I loved it. Like, obviously, that was a, That was a, quite a coup when he got that interview, and then he's forged a friendship with him since, and uh, I think they've got a great rapport between them, still yeah. and the press.
3: Yeah, those are all good ones, man. Well, now we're going to have to start over and go through all of these. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know
4: That's what I mean when I said before, it was just so much fun going through this, but so hard at the same
3: time. Well, Chris, thanks so much for doing this, man. And uh, no tell the people where they can track you down on the internet if they want to catch up on your goings on.
4: Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Chris Hall Artist. I hate the fact that it's that's my Twitter handle because it sounds really pretentious because I draw pictures and, oh, I've called myself Chris Hall Artist. But I, I could, I've could, i I've been going by Chris Hall Illustration on Instagram forever and I was trying to get all my socials sorted before I did this, uh, before I did a Comic-Con uh, last year. And I was like, oh, I just need to pick this damn name so I can send my business cards off to print and get my banner done. So it just ended up being Chris Hall Artist. But I, you can find me there on Twitter. Um, um and talk Star Wars or you can find me on Instagram at Chris Hall Illustration
3: awesome man and he does really good work I'm telling you just oh, go chill. check it out it is good stuff and uh, for those of you that listen to The Bad Motivators hopefully all of you well, probably not <laughs> <laughs> be be on the lookout man he, he, he has done some magic work for the show but, but again man I really appreciate it Oh, no worries. It's been a pleasure. Well, there we go. Another episode of Strother's Wars. I had a super good time talking to Chris, and you should definitely go check out his artwork. He does some amazing stuff. I hope that after listening to this, you'll go check out the full-length version of each one of the episodes that we talked about today. They're listed in the show description, so go check them out. If you're a Patreon supporter and you'd like to be on an episode of Strother's Wars, all you gotta do is comment on the Patreon post for this episode and I'll reach out to you and we'll set something up. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you can take care of that right now. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Steel and for just $1 a month, you get access to the entire back catalog of all of the regular Steel Wars episodes. And for just $3 a month, you get that plus all of the Patreon exclusive shows such as... The Robbo Report, Star Wars Year by Podcast with Hawes Burkhart from the Blue Harvest Podcast, Jooklin Strikes Back, and more. If you want to find out more about what I do, check out my Star Wars podcast, The Bad Motivators, with my buddies Luke and Dallas. And you can also find me on the Making Star Wars Network's very own The Sith List. Well guys, thanks for listening, and until next time, I am out of here, and may that force be with you.